How do you announce yourself at a at a party usually? DJ Mike Calderon. Calderon. Calderon, yeah. So we chatted for a bit here, and uh, I still don't know where where are you from? Where where's your family from? My parents are from Ecuador, and uh, but I was born and raised in Miami. Nice. So nice. lived here, been living here my whole life. Um, never really moved anywhere else, but I've traveled a lot, so that I'm blessed for that. Where's uh, your favorite like trip or place that you went in terms of like impacting you? I would say Israel. It was uh, back in 2012. Um, I went with a Christian group. So I went with my mom, my grandmother, and then the group over there. So that was a very um, enlightening experience and trip. Because, uh, you know, you visit uh, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, Nazareth, and you get to learn, you know, a whole bunch of history. Of, of Israel, so it was very good. Yeah. So is that? I mean, is that your family is like religious in that? Yeah, sense? yeah, yeah. My 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 family's more Catholic Christian. Okay. Yeah. I did. I did sneak out one night though to check out the salsa scene. Yeah. In, in Jerusalem, yeah, and it's what? very nice. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> That's what always surprised me about salsa is like you will find like vibrant salsa scenes in the most random places. Random places, bro. But I mean, over there in Israel, they love that Latin culture and the, the dancing and salsa. Really? And, yeah. And is it like expats, people from Latin America, or is it just like the local? Like I would say locals. I, would, I, didn't, I, I don't think I saw one Latin person, or maybe very few, but for the most part, predominantly everybody was Israeli. Wow. Yeah. Where do you think, like, I guess, who, is, who are spreading salsa around the world? Is it just like the passionate teachers or people who, like, where do you see, how, how do you see it evolving? It's a, it's a combination of, of a lot of uh, wheels working together. So not just the instructors and the dancers, but also the DJs and uh, promoters as well, event organizers that keep everything alive. So it's a whole combination of everything of, of people working together, basically. Yeah. No, like I, I started dancing salsa in uh, Boston uh, because there was a really cool salsa club called uh, Havana Club. And it was in Central Square. And I just, you know, there's a really cool instructor who's, he just, you know, his passion for teaching salsa was like infectious and, and it was basically the place to be guaranteed. Like some, some clubs, some cities have a lot of different venues and it can be spread and you're not sure where the party is necessarily or not. I mean, it's just so spread out, but some cities only have one club that's just popping. And so it's nice when, when some of the American cities, they have their club, their salsa club, and then there's like this family that kind of comes about from it. Um, what is your favorite salsa club in Miami? Uh, so right now, since we're in this pandemic, everything's been shut down. In a down. perfect world. In a perfect yeah, world. Back in here. the days, there was this place called Yuka, right on Lincoln Road. It was a two-story yeah. uh, restaurant. The first floor was a restaurant. The second floor was, was salsa classes and salsa dancing on Friday nights. That was the spot to be on Friday nights. Live band, packed. It had to be at least every Friday, at more than 200 people in there. You think they will ever come back or are they... No, no, the restaurant shut down already. They went out of business because of the pandemic. So the space now that I see over there is not for lease. So, yeah, Yuka's over. <laughs> yeah. But but now, like, I guess it's um success or, or whatnot. I would have to... Before the pandemic, um, it was is the social called BTS, which is Born to Salsa. It's in uh, Hallandale. Um, not in Miami-Dade County, but a little farther north. But it's worth the drive, and it's at this place called Club Tropical. And BTS is Born to Salsa, um, the social. And it's where it happens once a month on a Saturday. 
and um, that's where everybody gets together to dance. Yeah, and the so, whole scene, like the whole salsa scene, because it's like a tight knit community. You'd be surprised, like Miami, you know, like Cuban culture, Latin America, like tons, tons of people who, in theory, would love salsa. But it's like kind of funny that, like, just like in, just like in, you could say, like Chicago or San Francisco, like there's actually like a certain core community, yeah. salseros, salseras, like people who actually go out and do it. It's like, what is it about salsa or bachata or whatever? Like, it's like it attracts. Like, some people, are, would you say a lot of people are just scared of it or just haven't experienced it well before and they don't know what it feels like? Um, that, that could be one thing. Another thing, it could be that people go into it, they try to find somebody, and then once they do, they take them out. And then other people, they try that, they go and try to take somebody, but that person is like, no, if you're not a dancer, I'm not going to go with you and you're not going to try to take me out of this scene because it's what I love, you know what I'm saying? So if you're going to go into the scene, you have to be come in with an open mind and open to, you know, your partner um, loving to dance. Either you join that, your partner or you don't join your partner. Yeah, well, to, in theory, I guess, you know, why, we can get real philosophical here, but like, why do people dance? You know, they're expressing themselves often romantically in the hope of like, not in the hope, but like it's it's a way of, you know, like 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 showing what you got, showing your fitness right showing your skills yeah and and obviously finding you know a, a, a partner because there's a very obviously you know very few people dance salsa alone it's it's a it's a you need a partner for it so it's you're right some people they find what they the reason the dance spark comes alive and then and then it fades if they they don't feel the need to like keep keep pursuing whatever like you know what i mean yeah if they if they fail at it they'll just leave and and leave the scene and you won't see them again you know, well, that's the other thing is that it does take a lot of failure to get good, or it takes feeling stupid a lot of times, right? Um, well, for, for <laughs> dancing salsa, yeah, well, to to get it to that point, yeah, um, yeah, it takes a lot of confidence to be able to work up to that. Yeah. So when yeah. did you start dancing salsa? Was it in your family really early, or? Well, yeah, I mean, and salsa I started dancing in two thousand nine, but um, in my earlier years, I I was always exposed to Latin music. Uh, merengue, bachata, and salsa. But salsa, when you know, before I, in 2009, I couldn't dance. Salsa, it was hard for me. And then once I started taking classes, I just took maybe like um, less than a year worth of classes, and and I got it. It yeah. became natural, sec second nature to me, you know? Where were you then that you were taking classes then? At Yucca. At Yucca? Yeah, okay. I learned at Yucca, exactly. Yeah, and was there a favorite like mentor or like teacher that you had there? Um, at that time, um, they had a group of instructors and different levels and each instructor took a, a level and all of them, I, I would say were my mentors because they each and every, every one of them taught me something new. Yeah. And, you know? and so when did you start becoming a DJ? What was that story? like that first. So like around 2012. So between 2009 and 2012, I was dancing my ass off Monday through Saturday, six days a week, nonstop. I was thin, I was skin, I was I was in shape, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no no, it it was great and I met a lot of women, I met a lot of uh friends that, that I that uh, I know today. And um but and but then 2012 came along and I was like I want to try to do something different. All right, so I started getting into doing like little events, you know. Um at venues and I was just putting on music at that time and then um 
I started, you know, learning the software of Virtual DJ and Serato, and that's how I became a DJ. Yeah, just you just saw the potential to to kind of you probably had a few moments where you're like, wow, this music sucks. Like I know some better some better stuff I could put on right now. Well, it's all about the it's it's like homework and a subject. You know, the more you do your homework, the better you get at a subject. So, you know, in regards to music, you have to research a lot. You have to know you you have to research a lot of artists, listen to them, and 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 refine your ear to what dancers want to dance to, basically, because they don't want to dance to like boring music or boring uh, salsa. You gotta spice it up. You gotta listen. You gotta give them the spice. So, like, how many hours a day are you listening to like new music, or what is your like daily? I mean, like, do you wake up out of bed and like boom, music is on? Um, no, I've. It, for many many years, I did that, and um, and now I've, I've kind of like already right, I've mastered that already. But yes, when new music comes out, I listen to it. If I don't like it, I just um, scrap it. If I like it, I get it. What's you your know? main source for like new stuff? Uh, LatinRemixes.com and BPM Supreme. BPM Supreme. Okay. And so do you have, like obviously like you have a lot of friends who will like send you tracks too, right? Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Like I have um. I know a lot of artists, like like, like band leaders, that say, hey, here's my, my latest track for you to play it at your next party. I'm like, all right, thank you, and I listen to it. Yeah. So when you're DJing, uh, I was thinking I asked you this at, at Boteco, what, what's the classic like BPM that is salsa versus bachata or whatever? So um, salsa is you, good salsa, danceable salsa, not the fast salsa. A danceable salsa would be like um, between 90 to 98 BPM. And bachata is um, a good pace. Bachata would be 120 BPM. Also, a lot faster because you got to move the feet. You got to shuffle the feet faster. It's or? not. It's not the. It's not. It's not the. It's not that it's a lot faster. It's just a different rhythm, and that rhythm is 120 BPM because of that rhythm. Salsa is 90 to 98 because of the rhythm of salsa. You know. So if you're if I'm DJing and if I were to beat match, let's say salsa, raise it to 120. You you it'll sound like like very super fast, you know, super fast. That is like there's no point in doing that. Just keep it like that, and then just mix bachata with bachata and salsa with salsa. Yeah. So how much of the history of salsa like can you share in terms of like so like I was recently talking to someone like what's casino versus you know, obviously on one on two like where did like where was the first salsa style invented? Do you know that? Uh, the first salsa style would I would say was in Cuba. Um, salsa started in in Cuba, and it wasn't salsa back then. It was called son. And casino dancing, casino dancing is the source is the, is the main dance of what people used to do in Cuba to dance casino or rueda in that matter. Casino why? Because back then there was a lot of American culture in Cuba with the casinos and a lot of American, you know, um, businesses doing business in Cuba, like in the 50s, the 60s, you know, before Castro, before Fidel Castro. So um, they the casino started with, with that term. Let's go to the dance at the casino. And then they adopted the term casino, you know, let's dance casino. So um, that's the style um, that, was in, that first started in Cuba. And then LA style started in Los Angeles. And on two started in New York, and um, on one started like in the early '90s, mid '90s, I would say, 
um, by Francisco Vasquez Brothers. Francisco, um, uh, I forgot the other two members, Francisco Vasquez, but um, there's three brothers, the Vasquez Brothers in LA. And then on two, it was started by, in New York, by Eddie Torres. So Eddie Torres came, was that originally a Tito Puente dancer. He used to dance on stage for Tito Puente. And he started the on two movement in New York. Okay. So what's the most common one that you'll, like, if you had... If it, was... it depends on the scene that you go in. Um, if you you prefer more timba and and, and Cuban crowd, you go, you're going to go where the casino crowd is. If you prefer more, like, L.A. and on two are very similar in music. So it doesn't matter whether you dance on one or on two. They're both danced in a line, you know? So, um... <clears throat> It depends on the crowd and the, and the communities that you're engaging with. So what's the on one crowd? I think that's when I, what I've done the most lessons in is on one. The on one crowd would be more of the um, social dancer that likes to go out to um, ballrooms to dance or likes to go out to, um, you know, fancy places to dance, you know? So <laughs> no. say it's fancy. So it's like the real, like, I guess it's, it's the one where like instructors who you know, people who pay for salsa classes, like, that's what they'll be learning the most. This is on one. It's a little less casual. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so... Even though there is... There are people out there teaching casino as well, but they influence them into the Cuban music, into the timba. You know, they don't really expand their minds to L.A. music or on two music. I mean, like I said, L.A. music and on two is pretty much similar, which is mambo. Mambo. Mambo, okay. Exactly. So what's your favorite style? Besides, I mean, even Dancing? I, I, I usually dance generally on two. New York style. And that was just like how you were taught to begin? or just... I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't learn on two. I didn't learn LA. I know how to dance all three styles. And the one I started learning was with Casino. LA and on two I picked up on my own. I, I learned by watching other dancers. Yeah. So I, ne I never took classes for that. So I saved myself a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you think is the biggest bottleneck of more people in Miami dancing? Like, like what's what's stopping us from dancing more? So much Latin culture here. Um, I w I don't think it's anything that's stopping us except for this pandemic. But I think it's more of um, Miami's very Cuban dominant. So there's a lot of casino and and rueda here, you know, and those people are very close minded to the uh, LA and on two um, music and dancers, you know? They don't think that that's dancing. And and that's just because of the Cuban mentality that, you know, they they adopted back in Cuba, you know? Especially the Cubans that are from Cuba, you know, in Miami. The more, Cu the, the Cubans that are, like, that grew up here, that were born and raised in Miami are more Americanized, they're, they're more open-minded. So some, some of them, the, learn LA and on two and they stick to that but the cute for the most part the Cubans here are not against are, are against um, LA and on two so there's a bit of like just to be fair clickiness among the different like genres of salsa and then it keeps it from being I mean there's I, mean, I feel like in your when you're DJing don't you bring together a lot of different styles depending on do you read the crowd and say oh this like this crowd knows this type and let's play more of this yeah, as a DJ, you know, you got you to gotta learn how to read the crowd. You can't play uh, um, LA and on two music to a Cuban crowd all night. I mean, you know, I could maybe throw in one or two every set. Um, but for the most part, I got to play more timba for them mm. and vice versa. 
What is the Ecuadorian style more? What are you guys doing? Ecuadorian for? style is more of the Colombian style, uh, like cumbia steps, like back uh, back rocks. You know, okay. yeah. Well, there's not a really an Ecuadorian style of salsa. <laughs> I mean, it's not you can you can't say every single country has their own style, but you know, um, I was in Colombia. They do like to dance. They like a little more. They they're more diverse though. They'll do a lot of like you know, uh, reggaeton and just like you know. There's obviously. I say, what's your favorite city for dancing salsa? Like, where have you found the most passion in the world? Uh, I would say New York. New York. New York has a huge salsa scene. It's probably ten times bigger than Miami. So every night, um, well, pre-pandemic, every night, Monday through Sunday, there's at least three to four places to go dance. The slot. Yeah. 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 Miami's maybe like one at least that's like good. <laughs> exactly. At least one, maybe. Like, for example, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You know, the other days, there's nothing else. <laughs> so do you play in New York as well? Do you ever live there, or do you just go there to play? No, but, you know, I am one of the DJs for the New York International Salsa Congress. I'm their t tech DJ, meaning I run the, sh the shows, the performers on stage, their music. And um, I also get to DJ at night as well to do sets in the, um, in the Congress. Nice. Yeah, and that, that's that's an amazing experience too. Well, yeah, like the I guess it's like the Super Bowl for you, right? Like in terms of like the well, yeah, the, vibe. the New York Congress is the biggest stage for salsa on earth because on two the answer is the most is very popular, and that's where it all started. But it was it was it Puerto Ricans though in New York or was it Cubans? The, it was it was Puerto Ricans, Cubans, and Dominicans that got together and created the funny all stars and created the term salsa. Salsa. Yeah. Is it anything have to do with like actual like salsa, like guacamole? Like well, no, 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 no. But, <laughs> but you know, salsa is that salsa is a is a sauce fire where you mix a, a whole bunch of you know things and you make salsa. So that's why they um, they termed it salsa because they took son son from Cuba, which is the original um, sound of salsa. The son they mixed it in with American instruments, Puerto Rican instruments. And that's what made that with that mixture is salsa, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, salsa, my favorite salsa spots in the past, like San Francisco, Boston, there's usually a live band that made it awesome that you can really tell, like, they're injecting their 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 creativity, but also, like, the randomness into the event. It's not just, like, a YouTube DJ, which can be fun. Yeah. But it's like, what is your favorite salsa band in Miami? Do you have any shout-outs, any people? Oh, uh, in Miami, um, there, I, I know this guy Tito, Tito Paquing from um, Grupo Street Song. He's very local, um, but he has a really nice group. It's, he plays more Cuban music, but it's good. Like good danceable music that um, somebody who dances casino, somebody who dances LA or, or on two can both dance at the same time with not, without a problem. The crowd pleaser kind of music. Yeah. Crowd, exactly. Yeah. So like, I was on that front, like while you were coming over here, I was asking you, who your favorite salsa DJ was, and you were like Mike Calderon. <laughs> but like on the real, you know, yeah. who is like an artist that you? There, this is one artist that I um, look up to a lot, and and I pay attention a lot to his music. Um, DJ La Conga from New York as well, and this guy has a huge depth of knowledge in in salsa, and he has vinyl records, walls of vinyl records, of bands that I've never even heard of, and I'll probably never hear of, <laughs> you know. Because he doesn't post them on YouTube. All that's for him to play out, you know, on his own. So he never publish, um, publishes his music on YouTube or whatever. Or Spotify or, or none of that. All that is rare music. 
you know yeah so like, are you on you're on spotify right or no you no 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 how would you share with your friends like hey this is like i awesome. have a soundcloud i do have a you soundcloud do? yes okay. um you know just look me up dj mike calderon miami and i'm on soundcloud and there i have um i think three or four mixes recorded of salsa so yeah so that's how people get to know my source yeah i saw you playing the piano on your instagram a little bit what, <laughs> what is your what is your uh aspiration your ambitions are you, do you want to get more into production or like where do you see yourself in like five years i i i I'm, i consider myself more in a, a more of an event producer you know I, i like to run the show you know hire the djs hire the band you know the door whatever whatever it is to produce an event that's what i'm dedicated more but i i still know how to dj and i still enjoy it And I still get hired to to DJ, and I, I don't mind doing that at all. But you like just making sure that, like the party happens and well, and like, yes, running the show kind exactly. Of thing. So I did see it's funny because I was kind of like, like researching into the DJ, in the salsa community. There's a salsa. There's a DJ I, I was referred to or, or talked about, DJ Cabrera, and he claims to be the best salsa DJ in Miami. He said that. Yeah, on his Instagram, that's just like how he says, best salsa DJ in Miami. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not gonna comment on that, but I um, Cabrera plays definitely plays a different style of of music than me yeah. and anybody else, any other DJ. What does he play? More timba, more Cuban music, you know. And you branch out a bit more. Mm-hmm. You branch out a bit more. I, I branch out. I I try to. I go with the crowd, but my pref- preference is mambo. What I what I would DJ in a perfect world, I would DJ mambo all night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like old school salsa, you know. And what's like, if you could play anywhere in Miami, like even an event, like a venue that would be cool to play at, like where would you pick? And a, a venue? In Miami, like any venue. Like you could play at like, at, a, at a, some garden or at uh, Biscaya or like where would, or some museum or like where would you play that's like the coolest space in your mind? I mean, there's some rooftops in Brickell. I don't know the names off the top of my head right now, but there's some nice rooftop lounge that I would definitely hit up in Brickell. You yeah. know, that, that, that would be an ideal cool party but i did run a, a pool party here uh, once a month for about two years before the pandemic hit and that was the best party in miami for everybody said it um because it's a pool party during the day um uh, i brought live bands i brought shows um you know and every and once a month it was hosted once a month and at least more than 300 people uh, would show up from west palm beach broward county and miami yeah yeah so there's there's the big parties but like at the end of the day uh how can more of us like i was actually at south point earlier and yeah there were people dancing with live music out like on the water like outdoor dancing like fun socials and stuff like um like how do you see more of us just like turning on that dancing part of us do you think like i mean i actually i, I take salsa classes a shout out to uh mayhawk from salsa or salsa central with ricky Ricky, I know Ricky. Yeah, he actually yeah. was the one I first, uh, he was like, he was telling the group like, hey, I'm going to check out this awesome DJ, Mike Calderon, like, he's really awesome, and like, yeah. then like, we all went to go check out Boteco, and that's how I, when I saw you. Um, you definitely have a lot of energy, and you, you tell like, you're just really happy to be doing your passion, you know, running events, making people happy, dancing. Um, what is like, a, like a cool habit of yours, like, what do you like? What is something like you wake up in the morning and like it's like kind of unique like something that you do to like keep yourself like so positive? Um, I think it's just the state my state of mind, man. You know, I try to brush out the negative vibes and 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 focus on the positive vibes. You know, so I think that's what keeps me going for the most part. It's all the state of mind. 
Just being, okay. But, like, you got to have some certain mantras or something. No, like, do you have, like, a habit or something? Like, you, do you, do you, is there any, even in Spanish, something that you, like, repeat to yourself? You have favorite phrases? Mm. <laughs> well, everybody knows me for ya tu sabes. I, I say ya tu sabes all the time. So, you, you know. You know. Yeah, you know, exactly. Ya tu sabes, you know. <laughs> so, I, I go, I, I use that phrase a lot, yeah. Yeah. So what's your, do you have a day job or is it you like I was doing, fulfilling everything? Well, I was doing property management for a while, you know, um, during my building my uh, DJ career and everything. And I came to a point where I started my own business called MSDT Productions now, Miami Salsa Dream Team. And, um, and, that, and I started it in 2012, but I incorporated it, I started it as a business um, two years ago. You know, so I, I built up to that to that point, and it's an event production company where I provide videography, photography, catering, uh, DJing, lighting, um, whatever the client needs. Okay, so that's supporting you right now, like that's no, no, no. Right now, so I um, I got back into property, I got back into corporate um, life, um, so I'm now I'm as a I'm, now I'm doing leasing agent, I'm renting out apartments for a company. Okay. Yeah. So that's like your main income, right? Right now, for now. Is it like a nine to five? You work your own. Yeah, nine, nine to five. Nine, nine to five. five. Okay. And but I mean, as soon as the, all this is over, um, you know, I I plan on going back to what I was doing before, which is my my company, and I, I was do it was doing really good, you know. So like that could be your only job. So yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Cool man. So you live in the Miami Beach area. Uh, did you like? You said you grew up. You actually grew up in the Miami area. Like you were born here. Uh, yeah, I was born in Mount Sinai Hospital here in Miami Beach. I grew up in Little Havana for a little bit, and then I came to Miami Beach. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, what are your, some of your favorite like uh, like businesses, restaurants, like you know things in the community? Like, are you a regular anywhere? Like, you got your favorite spots? Um, I, I'm I'm very diverse to that. So when I hear some a new spot, um, I usually go check it out, and you know I'm not I'm not a big I'm not like married to one spot yeah, loyal. yeah i like to check out new things yeah I, I can be pretty loyal like i just i i know there's really good other ceviche out there and others peruvian spots but i just get ceviche 105 like almost every week oh my like, god that's expensive man <laughs> well it's like my one i cook like almost every meal so like i I, oh, okay. I i cook a lot of good food and then i i get the ceviche like once a week that's like my little like treat to myself on a sunday you know ceviche um, 105 yeah they're good too yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you have you ever DJed on a on a boat? Uh, have I DJed on a boat? I probably I think so. Yes, I have. I have for like private events. Yeah. Oh, I I thought you were on a boat, but you actually were at a naval camp. That's why I I, I got confused because like it was some some Jacksonville Navy camp or something invited you like. No, no. So your birthday weekend or something. My friend in Jacksonville, he he invites me to DJ his social um every two months up there. But, so I had so I drove up with a friend who used to be a veteran of the Navy and he has connection to the to the base. He has his veteran card. So we stayed at the hotel inside the uh, Navy base. That's that's why it wasn't for the an event for the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much the Navy dances salsa. Probably <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if quite a few dancers are in there. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean uh, I guess you, it's like the craziest people. Like my my neighbor Fran who lives right next to me. She. Uh, She's, you know, we talk every Sunday and she listens to the podcast. What's up, Fran? <laughs> mm-hmm. But she, uh, she, she says, I'm a Salsera. And, uh, you know, I like to, uh, she, she's, you know, I guess, obviously it's going to be exciting. I think, to be honest, we can almost foresee kind of a flurry <coughs> of activity post-COVID, post-vaccine, when everyone's 
people have been like deprived of like touch you know there's something yeah. special i have to say about when you do like invest the time to learn salsa and machado like obviously it's it's so you feel so much more alive than other forms of nightlife where you're just like relying on the the drink or the, the drug you're just like yeah you know yeah nothing like moving and and do you think like after covid there will be like a big spike in people's desire to dance more i hope so I, and i truly want to believe that um you know but it all depends on people too uh, the, their desire how much they want it you know yeah no i i guess it's sometimes it's helpful for people to hear like a challenge you know like uh I read this cool book in San Francisco called uh, Evolving Self by like, the guy who studied flow, like Mikhail something. And, uh, you know, it's almost like we each have our duty to like further evolve ourselves uh, for the good of the world even. Just like pick up an art or pick up a, a hobby or, or become more complex individuals. Um, and, and basically that's like a way we can serve the world is just like by growing ourselves. So. What's like, what's, what's, I guess the past year, what's one new thing that like you took on, like that you started like kind of growing yourself? Um, learning the piano a little bit more. Yeah. 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 I got a little keyboard. You just got just a basic keyboard kind of. Basic keyboard. Yeah. I'm not an expert at it yet. I mean, I took two years of piano in high school and that's how I know some basics of piano, but I haven't practiced piano in such a long time. But during the quarantine, I once in a while pull out the piano and start, you know, um, playing salsa and try to go with the with the melody of the song yeah so yeah you'll just try to match it learn what you're doing exactly it's kind of a fun game yeah Yeah. covid has been an opportunity for a lot of us to take on like new new hobbies you know like a lot of times they're at home hobbies like i I even started playing a little guitar and a little piano Mm -hmm. i can't say that like i'm like passionate about it you know especially when i'm like training with like an app or something it's just like not the same as like a like a live teacher you know but uh, what what are the main instruments in salsa? Is there's like the piano, and then there's also what's like the, the there's a guitar sometimes. Or like what's the main like top three four that timbales would be a very um, standout instrument in salsa. Timbales, bongos, congas, uh, cowbell, piano, uh, bass, and trumpets, trombones, um, and yeah, maracas. Those are all the uh, instru- mostly. All, mostly all instruments of, of salsa. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, you could be running the DJ booth, but you could also be like organizing a, a live band. Like, would you prefer, like, what's your most ideal party? Is it like a live, is it a live band or is it like you, DJing? I, um, DJing, I, I, I prefer both. It all depends on the occasion too. Like, um, I'll organize an event with a live band, let's say if it was my birthday bash or if it was a New Year's Eve. You know something special to treat uh, the guests, but other than that, I would just stick to to DJ, like socials. Mm-hmm. You know, just DJ. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's obviously special when there's live music involved. I think, I don't know. I, I did some travel this summer to like Nashville, um, like even like Austin, New Orleans. Like this, do you think Miami? Is there are there artists out there? You think that there could be we could support more live music on the street? Is there any way we could do that more? Well, yeah, I mean. Um, there's a venue here called Ball and Chain, yeah, and they're huge in live music. So before the pandemic, it was live. There was a live band there every day, Monday through Sunday, and every night. So live music, they promote a lot of live music over there, you know, and that's what keeps that alive. I heard this recent controversy about there's like commissioner and like they they basically made this rule like if you live in your residential area and you like make music past like eight o'clock or something like you have to get shut down for that 
it was like this. There's some stuff that happens in Miami, unfortunately, right? I mean, yeah, about some politics. So I mean, that's just something you can't control. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're so positive about it. Like some people would just like have so much like stuff that they want to get off their chest. Like, ah, I'm so annoyed by this, that. It used to seem like so chill about things. I, I mean, it is annoying true. and it's unfortunate, but I mean, what can you do? There's nothing you can do. Well, sometimes there's stuff you can do in terms of being like an activist, but like it's, I guess you just sometimes have to go with the flow. And I noticed that the salsa community, like very adaptable, right? Like there's people who want to dance, like they'll find somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah. Even it, if you have to go to Fort Lauderdale, right? Like the palace. Exactly. Exactly. The palace. But no, I mean, you, um, you know, I, I meant like in the, in the terms of there's nothing you can do versus lo- local government, the mayor, you can't, or commissioners just, you know, you can't go and guess what they decide because they got the power. But it's up to you to, you know, reinvent yourself, um, the palace, house parties, um, finding other venues, you know, out of the, this jurisdiction um, to, to do parties, you know, or the house party, for example, like last night, you know. Yeah. The, the the government can't tread in there at all because it's private property <laughs> you know yeah, yeah I mean people who really love have passion for it they'll, they'll figure out how to keep going and, and dancing uh, would you have, you have you ever thought about becoming a teacher yourself I did that for a while not my thing I mean I can do it for beginners I'm not an advanced teacher but I you know uh, it, it gets to the point where I, I can my teaching level is so much well, I mean, also, how much are you enjoying it? I mean, like, yeah, it's like sometimes it, it's a certain certain kind of person who really, like a certain kind of person can become a doctor, right? Just because, like, I, I could never imagine myself in a hospital, you know, like, I, there's, you have to have an amazing heart and also just, like, somehow be drawn to that. But, like, to be a teacher as well, you need a lot of patience and then it's, like, a whole different vibe. So you'd rather, like, kind of just take everything to the max, right? Like, just kind of, like... You organize, or your organizer is probably your role more than like teacher. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, do you want to live in Miami your whole life, or are you would you ever live anywhere else? Or I, just love it here. I'm open to living somewhere else. I mean, Miami's always going to be my home, but um, yeah, if I have an opportunity um, that comes up somewhere else, I'll take it and I'll, I'll make a move. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you have a good. You know, a lot of people love you here in Miami. Uh, is there so what's so you've played in New York? Uh, have you played in a lot of other cities before? Or? I played in LA, Los Angeles. I played in I played in um, Chicago, uh, Toronto. Um, where else have I played? Tampa, Orlando, um, Houston. Uh, you know the some major cities. What's the most surprising like salsa scene, like town that like has a big scene? New York and LA. That's like to be expected, though. Is it, have you yeah. found like a salsa scene anywhere like really surprising? Um. I would say, I mean, the major cities, like I just mentioned, um, I haven't been to like smaller cities, so I, w- I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I'm sure like it w- I would be surprised how much dancing there is. I was surprised about uh, Boston, yeah, Havana Club, like this, yeah, little pockets in every big town. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like one of the most healthy things you can do. Like I, I love just like walking off dinner and the way I, like, I sleep great afterwards because, you know, you've been just like moving and. I wonder, like, how many, you know, there's some people out there count calories. I wonder how many calories you would, you would <laughs> burn dancing salsa for an hour. At least, well, I mean, like I said, when I started dancing, I was dancing six times a week. And that kept me super skinny and fit. And But I would calculate, like, a night of four or five hours of dancing. And you're sweating and sweating and sweating nonstop. 
I would say at least three thousand calories, bro. At least, if you're if you're dancing nonstop, and that's how it was back in the day. Do you want to get back to that? Are you obviously more running shit now? But I'm more running shit now. I'll, I'll dance. I'll, sometimes when I'm not DJing, I go to other parties. I dance up a storm, you know. So once in a while, I'll let loose. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, basically. You know, I don't know if everyone wants to dance, wants to get all sweaty for three hours. I mean, when I go to, when I go to a salsa party, I'm a little more like not lazy, but like I'm just like chilling. And I, like you know, I'll if I if I'm feeling it, the music, the, I like the song. I'll, I'll dance probably like ten to fifteen times max, like for like an hour and a half, and then I'm like, all right, that's me. Really, I, I'm oh, not like. Yeah. I guess I would love to be more like like passionate about it, but it, to me, it's a lot, a lot about the partner as well. Like you know, you find a significant other who loves to dance. And and it's something that you kind of bond with. That's a great thing. And I think, you know, more more couples out there should aspire. I mean, that's obviously like a big revenue for. I mean, not revenue, but you know, like there's like for example, Ricky at like his Salsa Central. Like you know, a lot of times it's nice when there's. It's just a nice thing to see when a couple like really wants to learn how to dance better together. Like I feel like that can solve a lot of like, you know, like marital. Like for example, if people are having problems in their relationship. Like dancing together just heals it, right? Like, it's just like, how can you really still be mad at each other after dancing, like looking at each other in the eyes and stuff? I would agree. I would agree with that. I think it's something. It's a, it's a form of therapy, I would say. Yeah, it's like, you know, some couples will pay for like a marriage counselor, but like, why don't you just learn how to dance a little bit and 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 be consistent about it? You know, like that. Yeah, there's a lot of pros in dancing, man. Mentally, physically, spiritually, it's, it's so many pros. Dancing is one of the top cardio movements in physical activity too, you know, after running and swimming. Yeah, and then I guess, you think one reason why there's not more salsa events in Miami is that there's, a lot of times people dance salsa, they don't drink that much. And so like, it's not like a huge money maker for clubs. Yeah, that's that's the huge, that's a huge problem um, with the salsa scene because a lot of us don't drink a lot. I mean, I like to drink and party it up. And when I get drunk, I, I think I'm a better dancer. <laughs> You know, so, um, but a lot of dancers that, that go to the, the place, you know, the venues, they, they just order water all night long and that's not good, you know, so that's something that I would hope that would change in the future, you know, like that more, more of the salsa community buys a beer, buys a, two beers or whatever, something to contribute to the venue. Right. Yeah. I mean, otherwise you're just kind of taking without giving, you know I mean? Taking without giving, right. So what if we did, I mean... I guess there's one thing that like force people to drink, which is okay, but like some people are driving or whatever. And like, what about? I, I obviously we all, you know, I think the ladies should be able to come in and dance free, right? But like, do, is there? Have you seen places where they'll charge the guys to cover? You know, like there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Maybe like. Yeah, yeah. There's like I said, um, more of the community-based salsa community-based events like BTS that I just mentioned. They have a cover charge every time. Just yeah. for guys or everyone? For everyone. Okay. For for everyone. Um, I've done events where I've done cover charges, um, you know, and I've done free events where the venue pays me, you know, so um, I've done it all, but for, for the most part, cover charged parties are salsa community-based parties, not a venue where it's open to the public like Boteco Copacabana, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So there, like, for example, most of your venues, are do you get like a portion of the bar or like... Either that or a flat rate, we negotiate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, 
that's a little less risky for you, obviously, and then you don't have to push your everyone to drink so much. I mean, it, no, it, no, it, yeah, you have to. You have to push <laughs> everyone to drink. Yeah, you gotta hope that you know the bar's doing good, so that way you can stay in business. Have you ever got a donation from someone like a salsa friend who like really loved you? Yeah, people come up to me, shoot me a twenty or something, and then hey, can you play the song or whatever? But during the quarantine, um, I did a lot of live streaming through Facebook. And I did a flyer and everything for that. And on the flyer, it said voluntary contributions, you know, Venmo's, um, Cash App, Zelle, and all that. Uh, they sent it to me. So, I, you know, so, some people contributed to me during the, the, the quarantine. So that was nice. Very much appreciated. Yeah. No, I mean, you'd be surprised. You put it out there. Um, people... People are thankful, obviously, yes. A lot of the, I mean, the thing is, like, the, the the best people who actually go dance salsa socially, like, with a partner or something, they're, like, awesome people. They just are. Like, to, to be, like, someone who wants to go out and dance on the weekend, to have that desire, first of all, and then the skill, right, and then to be in a relationship where you can do that, they're great people. They can, most of them, afford to just, just I mean, it's not like you have to be rich to dance salsa, but, like, a lot, of, a lot of people could afford to, like, donate a bit more to the DJs or, you know, they don't have to drink, but, you know, I guess do something in the jar or whatever. It's just, like, I go to, like, some comedy nights where it's, like, you know, stand-up comedy. They, they put a hat around and then people give donations, you know, so. Yeah. Um, I guess I think we can see more of that happening. But, yeah, it's, like, at the end of the day, um, we want to promote more of that happening because I think it's just, like, in a, in a perfect world, right, you know, without, obviously, pandemics and stuff. I think it's like it's a form of social healing for the community, right? Like, just to be moving in sync like that. It's like a powerful thing. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, man. So, people can follow you at, what is it, at DJ... On, I, on Instagram, at DJM, as in Mike, DJM Calderon. Calderon. Yeah. Calderon. And on Facebook, I have my Facebook page, Miami Salsa Dream Team. Dream Team? Yeah. What was the story of that? Is that other people on the team? Or that, yeah, that, that, that's how it all started. It started with a group of us, you know, the instructor, me and the uh, promoter back then but then everybody went their own separate ways but i kept the name because it became so popular and i have and the page the facebook page has over four thousand followers so i i kept it nice yeah awesome man. all right well i'm sure a lot of them want to hear the story of dj calderon so calderon is that is ecuadorian name or is this from spain it's from spain it's, it's a very Spanish. like og like last name I, I noticed like very it's a very strong last name for <laughs> spanish last name yeah yeah that's awesome, man. So, you're basically no plan. I mean, you, I, I, I keep watching you adapt to what's going on. So, like now, your current thing, if you want to find you, is at the Palace in like Fort Lauderdale, right? Yeah, the Palace at, and and not Fort Lauderdale in Hollywood, Hollywood. twenty twenty nine Harrison Street. Um, it's a very beautiful place, marble floor. You know, I'm there on Friday nights now, uh, with SalsaLives.com, Felix Garcia, and um, yeah, uh, the the Broward crowd actually is a lot better than the miami crowd what yeah it is what do you mean better more there, there's more puerto ricans up there so the puerto ricans love the style that i play and that's where i feel more comfortable you know down here is i have to mix it up with the cuban um, music the theme up because of the cuban dominance here but over there in the broward uh, area is more puerto ricans okay yeah a little bit just a different style up there yeah exactly uh, so yeah i mean it's it's not that far of a drive right what is no, it it's like... about 20 minute drive from here from miami you know, um, from the central Miami, anywhere you are, Brickell, downtown, or Miami Beach, you know? Yeah. About 20, 20 minute drive. And that's the kind of the one thing I really love about Miami is that it's, uh, you know, it's no LA. It's something you can bounce around, you know, within, you can like hop around in a city, you know, the farthest it'll go is like 
20, 30 minutes somewhere. So it's all accessible. And yeah, there's, I mean, it's, I guess first steps for most people is like start learning period, you know, like join a, a class and then, um, you know, that's obviously an ideal to have a partner and, and dance away your whole life. You know, it's a, it's a great way to bond. So yeah, you just got to have a passion for it. You know, that's, that's what it, it starts with the music to. sometimes though, doesn't it? Like, you gotta, you gotta, yeah. If you don't have a passion for the music, you have to build that passion. If you want to learn how to dance, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn the music first to, be able to appreciate the dance even more you can learn how to dance and not care about the music but you're not really doing good for yourself you're not you know giving yourself justice you you giving yourself justice would be appreciating both and that it's gonna that's gonna take you to another level yeah yeah i mean i think a lot of people are open to listening i i always open to listening finding new like awesome latin singers you know i like tito i like the basics the old schools like tito puentes or even like you know Elvis Crespo. <laughs> Elvis Crespo, yeah, he's more uh, he's more merengue, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he's still the legend. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's where it starts, man. So yeah, you have a SoundCloud too, right? People can listen. SoundCloud to DJ Mike Calderon Miami on SoundCloud. I'm gonna check that out soon because yeah, there's like especially when I make the chili, I like to like put obviously salsa music on or like yeah, yeah, bro. Music. I have uh, my my mixes are at least 25 to 30 minutes long, so you know you have a good mix there. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't even, like I didn't realize I was out there. Yeah. So I'll I'll put you on when I'm making the chili. Yeah, for sure. And uh, thanks for coming, bro. Thanks for thanks for doing the the Sunday night, you know, prime time podcast, bro. It's uh, I I, I have nothing I love more than hosting people. No, know, I I, I appreciate the invite. The chili was amazing. Um, a little spicy for my taste. But <laughs> I know you told me mild. Okay, I'm still getting better at it, but it was better. You didn't cry as much as the last person. So. No, I, I didn't cry. No, I just sweated a lot. <laughs> but then we had some some awesome. Uh, we had some. Uh, what is it? Uh, the the coquito. Coquito from, from one of Puerto the local, Rico. local entrepreneurs that brought it over to me. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good Latin American vibes. Christmas in Latin America is very different too. I, never, yeah. I learned the. Uh, so that's all coming up. Very exciting, awesome, and and there's chances to to come dance to to DJ Michael the Rome. Yeah, yeah. Look, just if you're ever in Miami, look me up, and I'll guide you the right way where to go dancing and to any of my parties. Yeah, all you care about is just promoting a good time and, and exactly. You know, so that's I mean, that's clear to me. So uh, <laughs> awesome. I hope everyone gets out there and meets on the dance floor for sure in a perfect world. <laughs>